to diamond talk you'll see the best ep- well you can't see it because it's a, a podcast you're gonna hear the best episode possible why because we're talking about catchers and everyone knows that's the most important position in all of sports even more important than quarterback no, no offense tom brady yo nick rob how you doing we're doing good man we're doing good and while i do agree that the catcher the catcher position is one of the most interesting position it's also one of the worst when it comes to having to rank these guys because it's all over the place and maybe not so much in the top five. But if you guys saw the whole process of having to having to break this down into a top 10 and then gather a top five, you would see what we mean. Yeah, it's <laughs> doing good. Not ready to talk about this list because it's really only too deep and we got to talk about five. So let's just get this over with. Look, man, our, in our ranking process, it got, like, borderline disrespectful. Like, I am telling you, like, like Nick asked me a question about a particular catcher. And I was like, nah, screw him. He's going to suck. And it, it sounds kind of crazy, but it, it kind of was like that with a lot of catchers in this, in this position. So w- with that being said, man, look, Nick, we'll start with you, man. What When ranking the catcher position, what are things that need to check your list for in order for them to be considered a good catcher for you? And uh, At this you know, point – yeah, at this point, it starts with having a pulse. Uh, if they can throw overhand, it's pretty good. Uh, and then if they can actually pick up a bat and carry it to the plate, I think you make it in the top eight. So, uh, no, but legit, I was looking um, – I was really looking at the defensive side a lot. That's usually just how I rank my catchers last year. It's also how I rank my catchers this year. There's one guy on my top five that was bat only, and we'll get to that here in a little bit. But it's it's such a slim position right now. It's not what it used to be, maybe even five years ago, where you could really talk about seven or eight deep where you guys you would really want. Right now, there's really maybe four guys. Ah, there's only two guys you would really want to fight for. So, yeah, it's it's one of those weird things, right? Where we know how important the position is, yet the one thing we see constantly is you know it's pretty it's pretty interchangeable, or at least teams make it interchangeable. Where one of the struggles with finding, you know, players to rank, it's do they have enough playing time to even be ranked in that position? And especially with catchers, you know, you try to rest them up and, and things like that. But there's some, there's some, posi- there's some catchers that they literally just stick with their pitchers. So, for instance, they'll catch certain guys in rotation, right? Or you know, they'll be in there strictly for defense, and it's 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 rough. It's a rough spot to to really rank because. As important as the catcher position is, what we've seen is that t- teams don't really know how to go go to go about it, right? Like we've seen guys like Gary Sanchez, who not only is 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 uh, his defense absolutely terrible, but his offense has come down. And you know, at one point it was like, hey, yeah, we'll take the offense for the lack of defense, but we can't even say that anymore. But hey, Rob, when ranking catchers for you, man, what takes precedent? Yeah, so I think with the with the catcher's position, you definitely have to look at at defense first, but. Like you said, I think in today's MLB, we have a mixture, right? You don't want, you necessarily don't want a catcher that's all defense, even though you might be able to, you know, point out a team or two year in or year out that decides to go that direction. But you you kind of want your catcher to be able to somewhat hit, you know. But like you said, I think especially if you look back at this past 60-game sample, 
there's so many catchers that we saw, you know, hit under like 220, you know, or, or into the ones. Gary Sanchez being one of them, Mitch Garver being another one, you know, two guys who were in our top 10 catchers list for last year. Um, and, you know, it, it's one of those things where you, you want that mix, but it's still so hard to find. And I think that's why, you know, Nick made that comment where he said this is essentially too deep and then everyone else is kind of just like there um, because it really is like that. When you look at so many of these other positions, I mean, I, I have some catchers that I that I still see, you know, outside of the top two that we have that that I would still have in there. But, yeah, for the most part, it's like probably five or six of these guys are interchangeable, like depending on on what you prefer. So, uh, yeah, for me, it's going to it's going to be defense. But I also want you to be able to hit a little bit. I want you to be able to move. I want you to, you know, be able to manage uh, a pitching staff, which is something, you know, that we say for a guy like Yadier Molina is still one of the top guys in the game at being able to do that. So. Yeah, it's definitely one of those positions where you want that guy to kind of be a leader. Um, but yeah, you know, if you if to, in order to have the best catcher, you're you're gonna pretty much need a whole entire mix. It, you know, and for me, it's really rough to, to judge catchers, right? Because I think that people have to understand that playing the catcher position at the major league level is very different from you know catching at anything else. Not just because of the talent level that you're surrounded about, but your responsibility. So, for instance. Catchers used to be a lot more in charge of, you know, Rob mentioned managing the staff and, and, and getting stuff together to, to face hitters. Well, that has kind of been outsourced to the analytic groups now, right? And catchers have less discretion into, you know, pitch calling. Obviously, some guys like the Buzzer Posies and Yachty's, they have more discretion than others. But for the most part, for most of the MLB catchers now, all that comes from outside, right? You, you have less decisions to make. We all know that stealing bases has gone down. So, you know, an arm and, and being able to throw guys off, obviously it's something you want, but it's not as important as before. We're kind of getting to a point where all you really need is a net back there, right? When, once we get to the point of having the the electronic strike zone, we're going to take even more power away from catchers and, and their skills. So it's a position that has, you know, lost value year after year after year, and it seems like it's going to continue to hit that trend. So, you know, with – with that little prognosis, man, let's get to our catchers list, man. And we're going to start off with Rob, man. Rob, who do we have at five? Yeah, so at five, we're going to start off the list with a guy who, quite frankly, I think this is the one guy on the list where if he puts it all together for a full entire season and stays healthy, could easily be the number one catcher in all of baseball. And that's Wilson Contreras for the Chicago Cubs. Um, you know, I think this guy has had uh, a couple seasons in his career already. Specifically, if you look back at his numbers in 2017 and 2019, I think he's he's kind of shown us what he can be about. You know, being that 270, 280 range with the good OPS, pretty decent power numbers. I do have him in that conversation where it's like, look, I think he's one of those guys where we could potentially have a 40 home run season for a catcher, but again, he needs to stay healthy. 2019, he only played in 105 games. Um, and you know, it's pretty much been a trend. His other, his other top season in 2017, he only played in 117 games. So, and then this past 60 game season, he did play in 57 games, but his numbers were, you know, pretty down, which again, at this position outside of a few guys was pretty much the norm. Um, so yeah, we're going to have Wilson Contreras right there at number five. But again, I think he's definitely one of those guys that if we go back to this full 162 game season coming up this year, I think we're probably going to have Wilson Contreras in top three, um, in all honesty, once next year comes around. I think he's I – th- I think Wilson Contreras is really going to – he's really going to live up to, to his hype once he gets to another team. I, I'm of the opinion that he will be traded 
sometime this year as as the Cubs continue to kind of figure out what they want to do going forward. But he, he needs a little bit of motivation. I don't, I don't think right now uh, Chicago is that place for him. Let's go to our number four guy, though, man. And, and Nick, I know I know you love this guy. We kind of had a conversation before we got on here about why, why he ranks where he's ranking. But let us know about number four. Yeah, I got Salvador Perez. I get the pleasure of speaking about this man. He's a great hitter. He's a great defensive catcher. And the only thing that keeps him off most lists is the fact that he only played 37 games over the last two years because he was out for with surgery two years ago for the entire season. But he is the number one catcher in WRC Plus over the last two years. He's the number one in WOBA, number one in slugging, number five in on-base percentage, number one in average. So from an offensive standpoint, he's got everything you want. He was on a 45 home run pace last year if it would have played 162. Tough to think that he keeps that up, but still, this guy's amazing at the stick. He's, in my opinion, he's very clearly the best offensive catcher. Uh, JT Rilamotu has a has an argument there, but overall, it's just a hitter when you don't take into effect the base running. I think Salvador is the best pure hitter behind the plate. Defensively, he's very solid, and he's just a great guy to have in the clubhouse. Uh, if you, he's a great follow on Twitter and any other, you know, Instagram. He does. He's just comical guy he loves to have fun he lifts everybody's spirits he's always a positive guy when you hear him talking to his teammates and he's just he's a guy you want on your team and I have him uh number I believe three overall so he's definitely a guy for me uh really happy to have him in the top 10 and he's in the right spot Salvador man he's a mainstay at the position we we missed him in 2019 because he had that ACL injury but very happy to have him back behind the plate I know Kansas City loves him and I mean loves him. I think he's probably the second most popular athlete in the Kansas City area next to Patrick Mahomes. So Salvador Perez, number four, great player, great person. Number three, I get the pleasure to talk about number three. And it's more, it's a love-hate thing for me at number three. So number three is Will Smith of the Los Angeles Dodgers. And whew, it's it's so hard of him, right? Because from a talent from a talent standpoint, offensively, I think his numbers are better than what he actually is. I think this year, since they're kind of changing the ball back a little bit, they're they're going to alter it a little bit more. I think we'll see some of his numbers come back down to earth. Maybe maybe not crashing back to earth, but look for the power numbers to drop for, from him and from, from everybody mostly, but from him specifically because he is so much of that put it in the air and hope it goes over the fence kind of hitter. Defensively, though, in terms of athleticism, as term, in terms of the ability to move around, even in terms of framing, to me, he is a baby JT Real Multo, who, by the way, spoiler alert, we will be talking about him eventually here. But Will Smith, if you see the way he moves his body, you see the way he sets up, you see the way that that the efficiency he moves himself with, he's kind of a carbon copy of that defensively. He doesn't have he doesn't have the quite the same level of athleticism. JT Real Multo is so much so much of a better catcher. But Will Smith is close, at least defensively, right? And what we've seen these last couple of years is we mentioned the volatility at the catcher position. And, you know, when we were choosing these guys, is are we going to go with veterans that are kind of on the on the downslope of the career? Or was I going to take a, 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 a risk on someone who doesn't have the track, the track record that has shown some good things? I, I decided to, to rank Will Smith number two overall on my list. And for me, it was more of just like the numbers – the numbers are going to be there, right? That's kind of just Dodger baseball where the numbers get there. It doesn't matter how they get there. It's, it's Sometimes it's ugly, but the numbers end up there at the end of the season. So, you know, 
that's that's something you're gonna have you, you're gonna have to look for. I don't know if he finishes as a starting catcher with the Dodgers, right? They have other guys in that system that can very well come up and take over that spot spot for him. But the reason why Will Smith is number is number three overall on this list and number two for me is just the potential, right? He he's he has the potential to be a plus defender. He already is a plus defender. And if the offense can stay consistent as far as the power numbers and as far as kind of being hidden in that lineup, just being asked to pretty much do the minimum to, you know, don't strike out too much, you know, put the ball in play every once in a while, hit, hit, hit a bomb every, every couple of games or every, or every, you know, four or five games, he, he'll be okay. So it's not an exciting number three. So you'll, you'll hear that in my voice. It's not an exciting number three, but till this point, all his numbers have pointed to, to me being wrong about his talent level offensively. So I'll have, you know, I'll give him the props this time. Let's move to our number two guy. And our number two guy was also number two last year, I believe. I got to go check back the, the archives, but our number two guy is Yasmani Grandal, the Chicago White Sox. And we're, we're going to go to Nick first because I know what he loves about him. But but just really quick, he's as close to an overall kind of a – there's no such thing as a five-tool catcher. Well, that's not true. He's he's missing one tool, then everything else is really good. But, Nick, I'll, I'll go to you, man. Yasmani, what do you got on him? Yeah, I mean, he's clearly the number two, um, and it's not because he's not worthy of number one, but the number one guy really separated himself last year to this year. And I had Grandall as the number one catcher last year. He went to a better situation in Chicago, and he didn't really increase his performance. And due to that, I can't put him at number one because I figured you put what he was doing before with the Dodgers and the Brewers onto the White Sox with the team they had around there and the sets they were having I thought there was no way this guy wouldn't be number one, but he just didn't live up to the performance. But there's nothing that he, there's nothing that you want that he doesn't have. You could ask for speed, but out of the catcher position, you're really asking for too much. And there's a reason the guy is number one because he has some speed. But great arm behind the plate, best receiving catcher in the game next to Roberto Ozuna. Plenty of average, plenty of power, plenty of doubles, plenty of RBIs, plenty of runs. He's right where he should be at number two. Uh, absolutely, and. You mentioned the you mentioned his downswing, right? So he, he his stats kind of went down last year. That was the difference for me between him being number two and number three for me. But hey, you mentioned you mentioned some great stuff, man. Rob, what do you got on Mr. Grandal? Yeah, I think I think he's in a good spot as well. You know, I would have him at number two uh, simply because, as I said a little earlier, you know, before we started recording, it didn't really feel right when I was going through the rest of the names on the list to. In terms of like who the number two guy was going to be, I think Grandal fit best right there. Um, coming off the sixty game season, I'm not going to you know judge him too harshly in terms of his offensive numbers. I think he still put up you know pretty decent numbers, and I think and in terms of where we're going to rank him, we have to look at the role that he's going to play in Chicago. I think he's going to play a very key role in terms of managing that pitching rotation. You know, a rotation that now has to back an offense that is looking to be serious contenders, um, you know, in the MLB and, and start chasing championships. So yeah, for Grandal, I think, I think he still fits right there in that number two, um, 60 games, isn't really going to shift them too much up or down. So I'm comfortable where he is. Yeah. And his mind is a great catcher, man. And, and he, he really does help that, that pitching rotation. It's still a really young rotation. You know, Giolito, I guess you could say is a veteran that rotation now at the right page of 27, but still, we, we, we know that a good catcher can change the game in, in more ways than one. He's, he's a classic catcher. You know, he's, he has a really good arm. He, he hits. He, he's not one that's going to sacrifice. He's, you're not sacrificing offense having the lineup. 
But let's get excited about number one because number one really is the, the best. And for me, it wasn't even close when I was making the decision. And I'm sure the same could be said for you guys. But number one is JT Real Muto. And Rob, you can start with this one, man. What do you think about JT? Yeah, I'm going to keep it simple with, with JT. I mean, he's at number one. Uh, we all had him at number one. I think he's the catcher in the MLB right now where everything that you want from a catcher, he checks off all the boxes. If you want contact, if you want a bit of power, if you want elite defense, framing, like being able to manage a rotation, everything. Um, I mean, even some speed. Uh, yeah, he's going to check off all those boxes. I think because he does that and I don't see anyone else who does, I mean, he's the clear number one. Nick, man, what about you? What do you got on JT's? I mean, we both know that's where he belongs, but what else can you tell us about him? Uh, I mean, you know, next to Salvador Perez's 37-game sample, he's number one in everything across the board. Uh, he's he's a shortstop playing catcher, and that's the best way to put it. This is what Buster Posey was a few years ago. I just hope that he can stay healthy and that he just keeps producing the way he is because we are seeing the cream of the crop. Uh, in all-time greatness, it's going to take a little bit more to see where he ranks, but that's the conversation we're starting to have because he's so much better than everybody else in the game today, and that's what we really got to look at right here. You know, batting average-wise, the last two years, 273, 333 on-base percentage, a 492 slugging. I mean, you're just talking about numbers that you see almost at every other position except for catcher, and he's putting him up at catcher. Dropped 13 stolen base for the last few years, which, I mean, that puts him on, I believe, in the top 10 for even second baseman, much less a catcher spot. Uh, he keeps dropping his strikeout rate every year. Last year was only a 21.7, which is pretty unbelievable. And then his walk rate of a 7.2 has gone up the last three years as well. He's just a stud behind the plate. He's a stud at the plate. This is the right guy at number one. I love me some JT. I said it before. He's the most athletic player on, at the position. He's a lot more athletic than a lot of players at different positions. I think, whew, man, how to talk about JT. It's, it's hard It's hard not to, you know, rant about him for an hour. But, look, he's playing in Philadelphia. Philadelphia is notoriously an offensive paradise for, for hitters, right? It, the ball carries. Then you look around what he has on the lineup, right? He has Riz Hoskins, Alec Baum, who should be really good offensively. Bryce Harper, who will never be overshadowed by anyone in the lineup of him. And tie that all together, you got JT to bring that pitching staff together. Plus, he he has my favorite video of last year when uh, the relief pitcher was coming in, and he knew it was bad news. You see him shaking his head all angrily. Uh, is that leadership? I don't know, but it was definitely fun to watch. Uh, you know, he's the highest paid catcher for a reason. He's a he's a more athletic Joe Mauer, and if you remember. Joe Maurer during his MVP season, people were just raving about all the things this guy could do. He was, you know, everyone knew that he was an all-state quarterback. Everyone knew about his strikeouts in, in, in high school. I think he struck out maybe one time was that crazy stat. But JT Realmuto does everything, absolutely everything you could want from the catcher position. You know, my only hope is that he stays healthy and that we get to see him for a long time because I, I think we are seeing something special. And the fact that he's not with a mediocre Miami team anymore we get to enjoy him playing some competitive baseball, which which is going to be awesome. I, I really do hope we get to see him in in a playoff atmosphere. Let, let's get to some surprises, though. Here, right? So, so there's always some guys that were saying, "Hey, why why isn't that guy being talked about?" And and Rob, I'll start with you. Who are you more? Who are you the most surprised that wasn't on this top five? You know what? I'm I'm gonna say I'm gonna say a name that's not surprising, but I'm gonna say Gary Sanchez. 
Like, he's a name that's very easily, like, you could very easily keep him off the top five. But the reason I'm going to say he's so surprising is because even though the past, like, two years, he has flat out, like, sucked. Like, he's still the guy at this position that puts the most fear in people in terms of, like, this guy could flat out lead the entire league in home runs when he's on, like, at his top level. I know he's not there, but if he ever gets back to that point, I mean, he's a, he's a guy who's easily a top five catcher just off of his offense. But, you know, he's nowhere near there right now. It's crazy you mentioned you, you mentioned Gary because he wasn't even close to being consideration for me. And that's just because I am such a big Gary fan and I don't think he's anywhere near close to even sniffing what I thought he, could, he, he was going to be. Uh, Nick, who's the most surprising player for you? Christian Vasquez, and it's probably because he plays on the Red Sox and they're down. He's a great defensive catcher. His offense keeps coming around. But if, from an overall catching standpoint, I think he should be in the top five. So I was surprised he wasn't there. All right. No, that's, that's not a bad answer. He, he did have a great uh, 2019. And again, 2020 was down, but that's also because he played for the Red Sox, right? Like Red Sox, we, we, we can all agree they're not the Red Sox of old. Uh, for me, the most surprising player not on there is going to be Yadier Molina. Not because I think he deserves to be in the top five at this point in his career, just because I know how much we we love him, how much we would love to have him on our on our personal teams. I, I think Yadi still, even though he doesn't have it, you know, offensively as as much as some of these guys, the way he still leads a pitching staff, the way he's still respected around the league, especially in that locker room, there's a lot to be said for that. And he's going to resign with them, which which is, which is which is awesome for St. Louis. I really don't think he should ever put an other uniform on again. So, so that's why I was kind of surprised he, he didn't sneak into our top five. But it, it wasn't disrespect. We, we all love Yachty here. Trust me. We we probably could all just spend the whole day talking about Yachty and how much we love him. All right, guys. So next question. Who's a guy that's going to be here in, the, in our top five next year who wasn't there this year? And I'll start with you, Nick. Uh, this is tough because I don't uh, – I mean, just a, a complete shot in the dark. I'm going to say James McCann. He just signed a big contract. Um, so I think that might be the guy that if he lives up to that, he's got some hype now. We'll be paying attention to him. He's in a good lineup. So maybe James McCann. There, there, there was no mo- more offensive take than when Nick asked me, Hey, did you miss, did, did you miss McCann uh, by mistake? And I was like, Nope, I think he's going to be garbage. It, it was, it, it, it was offensive on my part, but, uh, Rob, who, who, who do you think is going to be here next year? Uh, no one. I think I think the catching position is is set up in such a way that this could be our very exact same top five next year. Ooh, ooh, okay, all right. So you know what? Then since since Rob said nobody, I'm going to mention two guys. The first one is Carson Kelly, right? We 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 know that he was kind of buried behind Yadier Molina for a long time, which kind of hurt his development. You know, this is a guy that would have been in the majors, being a starting catcher in the majors, at least four years ago. But you're not gonna you're not gonna take playing time away from Yadier Molina. He went to he went to Arizona, and you've seen him get it done. He was a good player. He wasn't just he wasn't just like another guy. He was he was a really good player for for Arizona. I think that he has a really good chance of going from eh to a, hey this is, this is a good ball player to to you know get that recognition. It's not it's not tough for the catcher position to end up in the top five. So it, it wouldn't be surprising to me. I, I think he's he's a guy that can make that jump. And another guy I'm going to mention just just for mention's sake is Sean Murphy. He had he had a good season with Oakland, young catcher, uh, going to get the majority of the playing time there. So 
Yeah, don't be surprised if he ends up in there, right? We we know we know that in Oakland we have years that can go absolutely crazy and then disappear. But hey, guys, look, man, that was off the catcher position. Yo, Nick, Rob, do you guys have anything you want to end it with? Uh, I hope the position uh, sees some improvement <laughs> in the next two to three years. You know, I want to see some of these younger guys, like you mentioned, like a Carson Kelly or like a Sean Murphy and, and a guy who we have there now, like Will Smith. I hope these are guys who are like, you know, constantly in battle with each other so much so that, you know, there's more uh, competition in terms of like a top five list. Nick, man, what about you? Oh, it looks like we lost Nick, man. But <laughs> I'll fill in for Nick real quick. Uh, look, the, the position the position is rough, man. It's, it's one of those things where it's hard to give credit to those really good defensive catchers just because the defense is becoming less and less relevant, right? So a guy from like Toronto, like Danny Jensen, who, who might be getting a lot more kind of, would be get, who would be getting talked about a lot more, we don't talk about him. And, and that's just because the offensive numbers aren't there. But... You know, who, who knows, man? Maybe that offense steps up and, and he becomes a, a great hitter. But hey, man, with that, with that being said, guys, this is the end of our episode. We will catch you guys next time. You can smell the season, man. You can smell pitchers and catchers. It, it, we're right here. It'll be there before we know it. And uh, on, on a little bit more solemn note, uh, you know, RIP to Pedro Gomez, who he, he's been, he was a reporter with, with ESPN and he's revered in the sport. We, we, we love him. He, He's one of the players always say that he is one of the, their favorite people to talk to. He was friendly. He talked to, to, to players' families. He was genuinely just a great person. So, so you know, our condolences to Pedro Gomez's family. You're definitely going to be missed. But that being said, man, we'll catch you guys later. And, man, enjoy the rest of your week.